Witches, happy witchy Wednesday! It's Leah Knauer and Rachel LaForest, your basic witches. And today we have human design expert of over ten years, Dylan Earth, and he is a friend of Sarah Posh, who we've had on the podcast a lot. You know her, you love her, so he's good people. Mm-hmm. Talk all about people and humans and what types of design there are. We asked all the basic questions as usual, so you guys don't have to. Mm -hmm. And um, before we dive into all that good info, we would love for you to visit us on Instagram at Basic Witches, where you can find a link to our movies and other offerings and our Patreon. And while you're online, if you could please take the time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you're loving the show, it's helping you in some way. We read them. We love to hear from you. And it really helps us out. It's a way to support us supporting you. So thank you so much. Yes. And while you're doing important things on the on the web, make sure that you're registered to vote. Um, just a little PSA. Yes. <laughs> just a little basic witch PSA. Register to vote. Um, and after you're done listening to this amazing episode, be sure to check out this new show on the Soul Fire Network called Eat Play Sex. Sex expert Dr. Kat Meyer knows that you are bombarded daily with nutrition tips, sex advice, and tips on love across your feeds. But she also knows how this may actually be getting in the way of you experiencing your full sexual potential. In Eat, Play, Sex, Dr. Kat reveals to you what works and what doesn't in a playful way to get you back in the game with those you love. Real life stories and expert interviews to help you improve your sex life by addressing mental blocks, nourishing your body, and unlocking new realms of pleasure. And as if that wasn't enough of a tease, Dr. Kat also has another sex show called Erotically Wasted. Erotically Wasted is a five-minute pause out of busy lives to connect with our wild and erotic. Dr. Kat Meyer pleasures our ears with sweet and sultry poetic pleasures that will leave us feeling melted into our bodies and intoxicated with desire because sometimes we need that tantalizing reminder. So check out long form show or her short poetry either way it'll tickle your fancy yes and now humans let's get down to earth with dylan earth um and you're friends with sarah right who we have on we've had her on the podcast several times yeah we're like besties and uh spiritual support system it's awesome i love it how did you meet her um, I met her through her ex-boyfriend who <laughs> just approached me at a cafe one day and started talking to me. So about it was what? meant to be, well, I was doing human design stuff and he was like looking at my screen and was like, what's that? And then it all rolled into us doing retreats together and it's been so beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Unfolding. I love it. So can you describe in layman's terms or basic witch terms, like what is human design? 
Okay. So I was thinking about this before, and the best way to put it, I think, is human design is a quantum blueprint for your soul. So it's giving you in a very visual, logical, um, some would even say rational terms, how to interface with how your body and mind work together, or in some cases, how they're working kind of at odds with each other. Mm. So it's a great way to get back into your body and then give your mind something to chew on so that it can understand that it has a place, but its place is not as big as we are taught that it is because we can be very mental in our decision-making processes. And that leads out so much of the body's intelligence and our DNA and, you know, just so much of who we are. Mm. So human design lets you see who you are and who you're not and go. And from there you can go anywhere. Mm. And is it looking at a birth chart? Cause you asked us for our, our, Time of birth, place of birth, and date of birth. Location. Yeah. So what's cool about human design is it takes the birth chart that you would see in astrology, and it actually matches it up with another chart that was rendered three months before you were born. So it gives you a map of both your conscious personality and your unconscious design or your vehicle, your body, and it actually matches them up. So when we look at your human design chart, and I'll share that screen a little bit later, and we look at both of yours... What you're seeing is the places where your body and your mind connect or not. So you're seeing the whole, the whole system. And that's really cool because, as I've been saying, the unconscious and you know, the energetic aspects of our body and our vehicle play a huge part in our life. But if we don't know how to access them, we're just usually coming from a conditioned mental mindset. Mm. And... I mean, like you touched on earlier, we have sort of an epidemic of disembodiment. We -hmm. are just really not living in our bodies as these modern humans (laughs) in these conditioned societies. Um, I I was remembering how my healing spiritual journey really started with learning to be in my body Mm -hmm. because I was so high anxiety. So I was like living in my head. And it was like literal practices of like feeling physically touching my skin and feeling what my body is again, Mm -hmm. and also like work to get into it. Mm. And then unfortunately, because of technology, I think we're actually becoming more and more removed from our bodies, especially with the pandemic, spending so much time with screens and not actually like human interaction. I wonder how it will affect us like years from now. Yeah, I think that's what's beautiful about um, knowing your design is you can have this context to relate to yourself um, in an unconditional way. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the collective dramas. You always have this place of your unique truth to come Mm -hmm. back to. And really, the, the coolest part of it is it's about making decisions. It's about what you do with your energy, where you place your focus who you connect with, you know, decisions are what our life is built upon. So this map is really helping you get away from the groupthink, get away from all the conditioned um, drama that's out there and just reconnect to your irrevocable sense of truth in any situation and and how to find that. That is so cool because we understand, 
understand that um, reality is our perception. And so each of us have a slightly different or maybe sometimes very different reality than the next person. So it sounds like human design gives you like a textbook that goes with your perception of reality, like a guidebook, I guess. Absolutely. And it's, it's crazy because everybody is so unique and there are so many different aura types as we call them. There are so many different profiles. There are so many different inner authorities. You know, some people are very intuitive. Some people are very gut instinct. Some people are very mental and they have to take a completely different process to really find the truth because there's so much, like you said, varying interference of different viewpoints. So um, it's, it's going to like in your two charts, I can already see and hear the experiences that you're sharing because they're, they're actually really unique charts. I was just like, whoa, this is such <laughs> a big reveal moment. Unique from each other or unique in general? Like you've never seen um, something like it. Both, both. But, yeah. yeah. Cool. I know a little bit about my type and I'm excited to hear your perspective. But before we go in, well, I kind of wanted for listeners who've, who've never heard of this yeah. um, to just talk about the base, like the titles. There's these titles mm-hmm. of types and there's what, five? Yeah. Technically five in the most um, fundamental view, there's four. So we'll go through okay. those four. So I'll break them down from most um, populous to least. Mm-hmm. And so most of us, seven, about 70% of us are generators. And these are life force carrier beings. And it's not to say that because there's so many generators, it's a mundane or just like an average thing to be a generator because each person that carries the generator archetype has a really unique gift of bringing this life force to the planet. So they're really here to um, find what they love in life and to find the work that truly lights them up in, on a cellular level. And in, in the really, you know, counter to what we're taught way, generators are here to respond to life. So they're not here to initiate at all, almost mm-hmm. ever. And they actually find, it's almost like you could, you know, be initiating and starting things and chasing after things your whole life and nothing really feels right or works out. And then when you finally take that step back and just have the courage to wait to see what your natural aura brings into your life, a whole nother identity gets revealed. And that's, that's really what my journey was. I've been, do, I've been with design for 10 years and, you know, having the patience and the courage to wait to see what life wanted me to do with my amazing generator energy mm. totally broke away the conditioned sense of self that I used to have. And the insecurities and the pressure and the anxiety and the burdens. Mm. So yeah, generators are many, but they have each one of them a very unique path. And it's only one that they can find through this gut response to life. Then we have projectors and projectors are about 20% of the population. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) The projector and They have a really special aura. Instead of being this big bubble of energy that we tend to associate with the idea of aura, theirs is more like a laser beam. So it focuses deeply into the other. Mm -hmm. And they have this ability to see the other more deeply than they're even aware of themselves. So they're the ultimate guide, coordinator, orchestrator. They're bringing a new kind of leadership into the world, which does not have to do with any kind of hierarchical dominance. It's more about 
synarchy, which is this concept of everybody doing what they're best at. And when they're mm-hmm. doing that, everybody thrives. Mm-hmm. So that S-Y-N-archy, synarchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I, I'm a synarchist. Yeah, I totally. believe that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's very much the divine feminine new new order that's coming into power, um, kind of like on the grassroots level, I feel. Mm. So the projectors are here to not exert a lot of energy because they don't generate their own energy like a generator would. They're really here to have this really unique focus and to be recognized for what they see. So every projector is going to kind of be an expert on something. They're going to be they're going to be lit up by a certain, um, you know, knowledge base or a system, or they're just finding a natural talent that they have. And they're here to stick with that until they receive the proper recognition to share their gifts and projectors. I empower them to take that as literally as possible and literally even wait for recognition in social situations, job opportunities, et cetera, because the more you're willing to wait to see who sees you, the better invitations you're going to receive in life and the energetic bargain that you're going to receive for your gifts is going to be more in your favor because we have a lot of projectors running around kind of being just like generators and that burns them out very quickly and it actually doesn't put them in their best capacity to serve Mm. in the way that they're here to serve so less is more for projectors definitely cool Um, yeah (laughs) so then we have manifestors sarah is a manifester so these beings are about eight percent of the population and they have a really impactful aura they have like this very strong presence and they're actually the ones that are designed to initiate they're here to start new things to move energy around in the world to kind of spark people into new directions and be like the bowling ball of life knocking people into new pursuits and maybe a new self-awareness of who they are, what they ought to be doing or anything of that nature. It can be different for every manifester, but they're the ones that everybody like, they're like, yeah, definitely. They're the ones that everyone wants to be because they have this kind of untethered capacity to just initiate and start things. Mm. But even they too are, you know, they're really connected to source because they're essentially the agents of source on the ground putting into action, you know, what source wants to happen. So manifestors really need to be tuned into their own aura because they too can become so caught up in the buzz of all the, all the generators on the planet that they're always doing, 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 and they're not here to do that. They're here to really just wait and see what's coming through them and then completely surrender to that creative process and just watch what happens. And listeners know that Sarah Posh went from being a pharmacist yeah. to a professional astrologist. And like, thank goodness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she's shared so much eye-opening wisdom on this show and in readings with her. And yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now she's she's using her human. She design. like wrecking balled her own life. Yes. Totally. <laughs> thank totally. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been so beautiful to see her evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person who brought the system of human design into the world was also a manifester. So he wow. was a perfect vessel for sharing this new system mm. and being the kind of messenger of human design. So, so then finally, we have um, reflectors, which are 
1% of the population. Rachie, guys, <laughs> it's the only time I'll be in the 1%, I promise. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say I that. Don't be that. I don't want to be in the 1%. That's okay. Well, okay. well, you know, it's it's a 1% that um, is not concerned with power or domination yeah. in any any aspect. Reflectors are really unique beings that... Um, I would I say I would say they've graduated from a lot of incarnations and so they've come into this life with a very clear slate which means most of the the uh, centers of awareness in their body are completely open meaning that they don't have a lot of internal consistency to them but they have the potential to be completely objective to be the complete um, like perfect mirror of what situations which groups they're a part of. So if everyone has their perfect role, the reflector is really here to show us how we're doing, you know, and sometimes that can be a kind of um, difficult thing for reflectors to process because if they're not in the right place, they're reflecting and they're having the experience of a lot of energy that's not as lovely. So to be a reflector is to be someone who really needs to be in the right place. Because once you are, you can be valued for your very unique brand of wisdom and you can really show us the right way. You can really show us what's not working. You can really show us who has the unique talent. Um, you can really show us what's unique, what's working and what's different. So, And when you say in the right place from, from what I've like studied about human design that literally means physical place too like your mm-hmm. home environment like you have yes. to be you have to be in the right place and i saw one um one video that said like if you if you're a reflector and you go in a restaurant and you don't feel like it's right leave and go to a different mm-hmm. restaurant and i do that so much that's <laughs> it's great. very validating that it's like i'm not just picky like i can feel the vibe i'm a reflector yes. <laughs> Yes, that's really important, actually, because that can really limit how much toxicity that you take in that's not going to nourish you, that's not going to allow you to continue to be that objective, wise person. And the more that you listen to those subtle nudges from your very sensitive, energetic body, the more fine-tuned it's going to become. And that's really your journey, is to figure out how to tune yourself in your unique way to be the most... um, yeah, powerful mirror for us because we really need somebody who isn't one of us to give us feedback. Yeah. Everyone else is in their subjective little mm-hmm. movie. I'm manifesting, I'm generating, I'm projecting. And mm-hmm. you can be that outside voice that's like, that's wrong. So what are the extra ones? You said there's technically four. Right, so... You know, there's debate about whether this is a fifth type or not. And this is actually my type and it's called mm-hmm. manifesting generator. So it's it's really interesting to think about this um, in a historical context, because in the cycle of evolution, in the beginning, there were just reflectors. So they're the most like primal, primordial archetype because they're literally moved mostly by the transits of the planets. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of just a reflection of what's happening in the cosmos or the environment. And so from the reflector came the the manifesting generator. And that was like our first, like, we started to stand up on two legs and hunt and gather and 
began agriculture, it was like our first um, hominid ancestors were manifesting mm. generators. And they had this incredible capacity to just stay on the move and survive and do what they needed to do at any given time to like run or jump or hide or hunt or whatever. So from the manifesting generator split the manifester and the generator. So then we had more dedicated generating capacity to keep the home and the hearth and society going and build the world. And then we had the manifestors that were leading and starting things and really ruling the generators back in the day. And then uh, the projector is the newest type to arrive on the scene. And they've only been here since 1781. So they're very new, like in Earth's history. Wow. And they're like the cleanup crew. You know, <laughs> they're really here to come in and orchestrate things to move in a much more efficient, aligned way and to leave no trace and to really just be like, okay, cool. My work is done. Back mm. to the heavens. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah so I'm a manifesting generator and that's the fifth type but even though that manifesting aspect is in the title I'm still a generator I still have to wait to respond mm. I still have to let life take the lead and then once it does I can do things more quickly probably than a generator can but that's not to say that's better because manifesting generators oftentimes skip steps and have to go back and repeat mm. things in order to learn all the lessons so huh. <sighs> Does it usually match up, like, each different type? Does it match up with um, the different signs, usually? Um, no, not at all. Oh. I've, I've noticed that, you know, there's Pisces manifestors, and, you know, we might see Pisces as a more passive sign, but we've got a lot of manifestors that are Pisces, at least that I, I've seen in client work. Um, you know, we've got Gemini reflectors, which is like kind of an oxymoron in itself. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it can really be uh, all over the board, all across the board. And it's cool because I feel like knowing both allows you to deepen both archetypes, you know, so we don't just think of a Gemini or a Pisces in one way, mm -hmm. because it can take so many forms and so many different incarnations. So it's really all about the way I like to put it is living your mythology because you have this unique coding, you have this unique energy and this unique aura, and there's many ways to profile and classify that. And it's really all pointing you in the direction of living a truly unique experience that you came here to live, to discover who you are, share your gifts, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And to have something to reinforce your process so that you don't get sucked back into the homogenized, mediocre, you know, run of the mill. Like World. capitalism and society mm -hmm. yeah yes exactly. so mm -hmm. when you say um each sign you were going or each type you went through you were like you know reflectors are here to do this projectors are here to do this like what do you mean by here to do mm. like what do you believe is that a soul thing an energy thing i think it's it's really a practicality thing you know because if you're um, a non-energy type, like a projector or a reflector, you're not here to do as much. You know, you're not here to expend as much energy. Mm. So the more that you can focus on your unique strategy of, for instance, you know, reflecting back progress to others and being wait, uh, waiting to be recognized, you can live a life that's more free of resistance. And that's not to say that you have to do anything at all. You know, even for a generator. Um, one of the most liberating things for 
for them to hear is there's nothing you have to do. We can't, we have all this energy. We feel this like drive to accomplish things and use our energy wisely, but we can't do it from a place of external pressure or we usually won't find those golden things that actually unlock who we really are. So in terms of what I believe, I believe everyone's here to live their movie essentially mm. and, and really enjoy the ride of that movie and have these systems and these, um, you know, tools to give their mind something to put it in its proper place. Because what I believe is that the mind is the passenger, you know, it's here to collect mm. data. It's here to share unique experiences on a very deeply unique level, but it's not really here to be the one that's calling the shots because it's so open to influence. Yes. And that's where the body comes in and that's where design is kind of the game changer because it shows us how to tap into our vehicle's intelligence. And this, this vehicle already knows where to take us. You know, this vehicle already knows which situations are perfectly aligned for us, which relationships are going to, you know, satisfy us on a soul level, yada, yada, yada. And mm -hmm. it's all about tapping into that intelligence and letting the mind be like, Okay, just relax, please, because you don't know. And, that's okay. <laughs> and you and you keep yelling at me like you know, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so loud. Oh, that is so Seriously. good to hear that like as a projector, I can relax because I'm exhausted. And <laughs> I always feel like I'm doing too much and not enough at the same time. And I always feel restless. I'm also a Gemini. So I think mm -hmm. that like has to play with it. Um I'm curious though, Dylan, for you, what are you here to do? Well, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a manifesting generator. So um, when I look at my chart objectively, I really see somebody who's here to really experience their life force in a very personal way. So running, jumping, swimming, um, eating fruit off trees, uh, <laughs> to take this perhaps very heady experience of being someone that works with systems and soul work and past lives and future mm -hmm. lives and to actually ground it into an everyday 3D experience that's really wholesome. So that's what design has helped me do to get out of my very heavy mental process mm. is really to ground me into my physicality, to help me find true authentic health and to empower me to you know, exclude a lot of influences over my life. So mm -hmm. I'm here to enjoy myself and hopefully help some people in the process. Mm -hmm. Love that answer. Love that. <laughs> and so you, so you do believe in past lives and mm -hmm. I guess it feels like you have some like extra knowledge because you're so studied in human design. And I just kind of want to know what your take on all of it is like, life earth like when you say here you're talking about earth like what else is out there what do you believe yeah. that's interesting I had a feeling it was going to go in this direction so <laughs> <laughs> so you know m my work and my fascination even before I knew about human design for some reason was always about DNA um, and I feel that DNA is you know, you can look at it in a very mundane biological sense and it's really coding the different functions of our body and it gives us a hereditary connection to our family lines. But in that, you know, epigenetics has shown us that we carry the experiences, the victories, the talents, the traumas of our ancestors. 
And as you live, in my experience, with my design and kind of deconditioning and really going deep into who I am and just feeling these um, experiences come through me and live through me again, I've realized that, you know, your DNA is like this record of Earth's history. And there's a lot of treasure in there and there's a lot of trauma in there. And it plays out in a very psychosomatic way that can make us feel like, oh yeah, I was alive in Arthurian times and I was, you know, helping protect the Holy Grail. And, and it's, to me, it's not necessarily that you were there, but there is a tie to your soul. I mean, to your DNA, which is experienced through your soul in this lifetime or your consciousness in this lifetime. So it's kind of like a, the DNA is like the film and the consciousness is the projector. And we experience that through our nervous system, through, you know, the traumas that we're healing and, and like repatterning through the relationships that catalyze us and activate different things in us. And so I think it's super fun to delve into past lives and to really look at them as a lens to understand just ourselves as a, as a consciousness um, but I really think it's more like the DNA is just kind of playing back its memories for us. And in this time where we're experiencing such rapid shifts in consciousness and we're going through, you know, a kind of planetary ascension process, some people will call it, um, because the frequencies are rising, we're catalyzing and unlocking all of these past life memories on a much more rapid rate. So you know, somatic work is super important at this time so that we don't take those past life experiences so seriously that they re-traumatize us mm -hmm. today and keep us from living our destiny and living a good life just as a normal human. So I think it's fun to play with all that stuff, but I also think it's really important to just take this form and this 3D life um, in a really serious, not serious, but in a grounded way. You mm -hmm. know, this is who I am today. Present I may moment. have been a star seed princess of the Anunnaki yes. at one time, but I need to live my daily bread and I need to go for my walks and drink my green juice. And if stuff comes up in dreams and it helps me put the pieces together about what I'm here to do, I think it's fun, but we always need to take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Is that your past life? Were you a princess? I think it was definitely a queen and like yes. an underwater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get it right. Hell yes. But that was a lifetime where I had to learn. I'm having to, you know, re-pattern a lot of um, abuses of power because, you know, that's something that a lot of us have. We've been either the victim or the victimizer. And it's important that we don't put too much of a value judgment on that in this life and just realize we're here to love it all. You know, we're here to love our friends and our enemies and just make peace with all of the existence and not, not get that, you know, up in our own egos again, because that's where it all goes weird. Well, I keyed on that part. You were talking about the uh, frequencies rising uh, mm -hmm. collectively and I want to know what, what you're seeing or what you think is happening with that on a collective level. Right. So in my personal experience outside of any system, um, and that's why I kind of rename myself Dylan Earth because I have this deep connection with Earth as a being. And she's kind of taken a, a divergent path from maybe what the new age was expecting or any of that. 
And that is to save herself, you know? And so that means that on a planetary level, she's still our mother and she loves us as her children. But to save herself, she's going to have to go through a transformation, you know? And so her natural systems, her energy bodies are going through things that are not so much about our ascension anymore, but her own ascension. And it's our job to kind of keep up with that mm. by taking good care of our vessels, by, you know, staying grounded in loving kindness and compassion, staying out of our minds too much because in the mind lives duality, polarity, separation. Mm-hmm. So in this time, it's really just and about- And the body um, lives oneness, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's really about- um, supporting ourselves by aligning with these energies which are really just about um, burning off anything that is on that spectrum of control dominance hierarchy enslavement etc because these are lower vibrational energies so the raising of the vibration is really an kind of like a autoimmune response of the planet to purge itself of anything that would threaten its evolution and thriving and thereby our evolution and thriving Mm -hmm. so what we're really seeing is the power structures that be um you know kind of doing everything they possibly can to hold on to the dominance that they've worked so hard to clamp down on the planet and and at the same time what i feel and see is that that these inorganic systems have no chance of surviving so I like that. Tell me more. (laughs) Tell me they have no chance. (laughs) Yeah, they really don't. Um, any, any system about when do you think they will (laughs) like waiting for them to crumble? (laughs) Well, I mean, even time itself is a linear system that isn't exactly aligned to the greater picture. So I know that sounds like kind of a, you know, cop out, but really it's just to show us that it's not about a win anymore Mm. it's about a state that we're you know um building ourselves in order to embody and that state is timeless and that if you can find that timelessness you'll find that everything that um you wished would be over sooner is actually not as much of a stress on your being anymore because Mm. the things that come with that timeless state are just an overall sense of connection oneness and empowerment that it doesn't resonate with fear. It doesn't resonate with, um, you know, limitation or um, just, yeah, being afraid of what's not going to happen or what's going to happen mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it knows that it's all going to be okay. So, you know, it's like not getting involved in the drama is one of the biggest things I think is important. And I know that there's so many topics that are coming up for collective review right now that Mm. seem like we need to have, uh, we need to be really sensitive to, and I do agree that we do and that we need to be, you know, available to make big changes to support equality and love for all. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think that, it's bet in my personal opinion, it's best to do that in a way that's not polarizing, mm-hmm. you know? So making the new changes, opening things up, creating more opportunity and openness for everyone, mm-hmm. while at the same time, not having to make that uh, a thing that makes us demonize something else. Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't fit in the new world, it's going to just shed like old skin anyway. So focusing more on 
you know, the positive changes we can make and the new doors we can open rather than thinking that we need to blame or, you know, prove someone wrong or teach someone a lesson because that ultimately is more about separation. And even though it feels like it's the right thing to do, it can actually drag us down and into these control structures that we're trying to graduate from. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That reminds me, um, there was a moment that I, I recently did a Deepak Chopra 21 day abundance program. Today was my last day. I'm so proud of oh, myself. Congratulations! Thank you. It's the most I've like ever consistently meditated. So I'm really proud of myself. Wow. Um, but Rachel obviously knows this story, but the day after the new moon on the new moon, I journaled that I was forgiving someone and like choosing to love them, even though they hurt me. And then literally the next day, um, there was like an act of vindication, so to speak. And it was so fucking synchronistic. And like, I put that love out there and then I got the moment to like speak a truth about something. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Because it's all us. Mm -hmm. And that's really the beauty, the beautiful thing to look at. Like Mm -hmm. even the parts of, of this world and the beings that are, you know, are so, afraid and disconnected from love and source that they feel that they have to control and dominate and enslave and Mm -hmm. kill and pillage all these things like to be able as as you know like wrong as it may seem to some people to have compassion for that person that's so just wrong it's hard like it's hard it is hard but when we can do that work you know, we're graduating cycles and cycles and cycles that might have taken lifetimes yeah. the other way. And it can happen just like that. And we're seeing yeah. quantum shifts. Mm-hmm. And the more quantum we can be in this time, the more smooth the transition is going to be. And the more that we can see what we want to see happening in this world happen. So taking it, always taking it back to the self, even if it seems where we need to fix that person or tell that person what mm-hmm. the right way of doing things is, yeah, it's going to happen. But if we can always bring it back to the self and see the other as you, mm-hmm. boom, you're always going to be empowered. You're always going to be in the vibration that keeps you safe too. Yeah. Because in opposition and blame and conflict, you actually invite those same forces to you know be a part of your experience. Mm-hmm. But in unity consciousness, in heart-centered, compassionate awareness, you have a force field. You know When you're not afraid, Things can't touch you. And last year, almost a year ago to the day, I was sitting in ceremony with ayahuasca in Peru in the Amazon. And that's one of the things she revealed to me was like, as long as you're in your heart, you literally cannot be touched. And I think that's one of the biggest things people need to hear because we feel like we need to protect ourselves and we need to like be ready to fight for our lives in case something bad happens then you know, common sense is important. And that's something that I'm not trying to talk people out of, but making sure that we're not so in fear Mm -hmm. that we're actually creating Mm -hmm. that experience that that fear would come from. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said at the top about it's all decisions. And so Mm -hmm. design is one tool that can help you how to make your own decisions. But it's like, when you're living in that place of fear and bracing for impact, you make decisions like it. And then that shapes your reality versus when you're in the unity and Mm. 
compassionate awareness, you're making decisions from love Mm -hmm. and it only benefits everyone in your environment. Yeah. And exactly. And for the people that are more analytical or logical that this might seem like, Oh, unity. What is that even (laughs) to say that to to make a decision from love, love is a self-organizing system. You know, love is using the divine genius of nature of all creation to your benefit. You know, using fear is saying, okay, I have to figure out everything out myself because I'm all alone and I'm under Mm. attack and I can't trust anything, including my body, my environment, my neighbor. Mm. And so to say we're making decisions from love and unity is not actually just this like lofty, you know, woo woo thing. It's actually tapping into an intelligence greater than ourselves to help us shape events. Mm. Oh, and a year ago when you did ayahuasca, was that your first time? That was my first time. Yeah. I want to know more. How was it? Okay. This is so awesome. So, (laughs) um, that was so cool because life, um, just orchestrated a series of events that allowed me to even go and do that because I was still like early on in my business, you know, still kind of hustling, you know, big, multiple thousand dollar trip to Peru wasn't exactly like something that I thought I was going to be able to do. And then boom, 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 boom. Mm. I was there like within a month, the money showed up and I got to go on something that I had been hoping I could go on for months. Wow. And it was a a trip where we took a six hour boat ride on the Amazon river deep into the jungle and lived in the village with the Shipibo people. Wow. And, um, really did it the tradition, the most traditional grounded way you could do it with these amazing beings of the Shipibo nation that live in the Amazon. And we did five ceremonies on this trip. So mm-hmm. about every two days we would do another one, which I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because <laughs> I was so afraid. I was so afraid the whole time, mm-hmm. even just going on the, on the river, you know, yeah. and just like, like these twists and turns into the jungle for hours. And you're just like, if I'm stuck here, like I'm stuck here. Like if something goes wrong. (laughs) Um, So it was a really cool trip in that sense, because it was all about facing fear for me. And and Mm. every subsequent um, experience in the ceremonies with the medicine. And she was very gentle with me, which I was very grateful for, um, was all about bringing up fear and Mm. trauma and finding a way to place that in a different um, container that was more healing for me. Mm. And going back to the past lives thing, you know, I was expecting a lot of naturalistic visuals and like, you know, spirit jaguars and stuff. But I actually had a lot of extraterrestrials visit me in my ayahuasca experiences, pretty much like 95% of what my visuals were, were alien beings and Whoa. and it was actually a really interesting um, experience of discernment to just not believe everything that was coming at me in that world just because it was like cool and luminous and mm. something I'd never seen before um, and ultimately it was really about me kind of actually ignoring a lot of that ET energy and staying grounded to these like psychic messages that I was getting from the actual medicine about my purpose in this um, lifetime, Mm. who I am. Um, And she just shared with me some like basic rules for living. Like number one, always be kind. Mm. Number two, don't interfere with anyone else's path. 
you know, if they don't want it, don't worry about it. Um, number three was, I'm totally living these every day. So like, can I remember it? Uh, It'll come to you. Yeah. But anyway, um, it was really, you know, that was a really intense compact experience of two weeks in the jungle and all this fear coming up and, you know, just having to really contain myself as I process so much energy Mm -hmm. and trauma from many lives, you know, Mm -hmm. as a Pisces, I'm like the last sign. So I feel that in this life, a lot of my work is finishing up a lot of unfinished business in my family Mm -hmm. line, you know, breaking addictive patterns, breaking, you know, Mm -hmm. all kinds of patterns. So what's cool is in the year since, um, the healing has continued, you know, it's not just a one-time event and you heal and you feel a shift, like the, the psychological, and the journey of of going deeper and deeper into yeah past life traumas and and past life abuses and you know things of that nature and even things in this lifetime that I didn't remember from early childhood and going back into those memories and being like whoa like there's some real stuff here that I didn't want to see before Mm -hmm. and finally having just the synchronicity and the the serendipity that brought these things into my awareness and meeting the right healers, having the right experiences where things just clicked. And it was like, Oh, you know, the more of this shadow that we can address, the more of our vitality we call into our being, you know, the more of our, our intelligence and our genius and our consciousness can come through us. And ultimately the less divided our perspective is on any given thing. So ayahuasca has really given me, the capacity to love my enemies and Mm. love my darker aspects and make better decisions. Even though human design was a great template to get me there. It's like going into those deep cuts of DNA and cellular trauma was what really made the bigger shifts for me. Mm. So when I was in ceremony, the cool thing was like, um, I was very at home in that energy. So where a lot of people were like really going through it and that's perfect for them. Like I felt that I was just able to like come back and like walk around and then go back into it and then come back. So she was kind of like, yeah, I designed you for this. And I was like, that's cool. Like, yeah, you're, com- you're coming back. So I actually have a series of, um, I, you know, journeys for people that people can come on starting in June, 2021 goddess willing yeah um so yeah i wish it was i wish it could be sooner but i i trust that it's all gonna be in perfect timing because you know when you really wait for things to line up like that Mm -hmm. you know the right stuff happens before and then the path there is so smooth and beautiful and comforting and it doesn't have to be this like chunky ordeal so i'm very at peace with the timeline that i currently have and i'm just super excited to step into that new, new role. I'm not a shaman. I'm not calling myself that. I'm just going to mm-hmm. be a guide and uh, just kind of a liaison mm-hmm. for people that want to have that experience. Oh, I love it. I want to go. <laughs> I'm waiting for the call. Yeah. <laughs> what are your other signs besides Pisces? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Cancer rising oh. and I have a Capricorn moon. That's a part of a planet, a six planet stellium. So I'm, Moon, Mars, Saturn, Venus, Neptune, Uranus, all about three degrees apart. So that's all that past life stuff cool. <laughs> in my seventh house. That has been such a journey to clear. 
and rebalance, <laughs> but you know, it's good. Um, and then, yeah, I just have a lot of placements in uh, Pisces, Cancer, and um, Capricorn. And South Node in Leo, North Node in Aquarius with my Mercury. So, yeah. I love it. Oh, you're going from one water sign to another. <laughs> sun sign is Pisces and then your rising is Cancer. Mm-hmm. So you're all, you're never going to get away from the emotions, right? <laughs> I, yeah, but I've, you know, there's so much power in that cleansing too, which I think is always going to be a big part of my life, you know, one way or the other. And I really see cancer as the divine feminine of the earth. You know, that's another nod to Dylan earth is like mm. the waters that gave birth to everything, you know, and that, and cancers do have a very like maternal energy, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. personalities usually. Right. Like, yeah. I was Mother just Earth. Talking. Yeah, exactly. I was just, we were just talking about uh, cancers last night, Sarah and I, and what? how we, you know, they get this external projection of being kind of like crabby and clingy and moody and, you know, <laughs> these typical things. But behind that is actually a lot of ingenuity and a lot of resourcefulness because mm. cancers are just as able to like run a huge corporation as a Capricorn would be. It's just that they do it in a more feminine way, which I mm. think is a superior way as we know. <laughs> so, We're all on the same page here. <laughs> 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 so yeah, love cancer energy every day, getting more embodied in that. I love it. So I'm wondering if we can do like a little demo or something for listeners of um, if you could walk them through like what what you do with human design clients. You could yeah, use Leo or my take chart. Take a look at your charts. Oh, I feel like Leo's chart will help more listeners because there's more of a chance that they'll be a projector that's listening. Oh. Well, but you know those reflectors out there don't have as many role models or resources so I think it's very important that both so I'm just looking at it on my screen um, and then I'm gonna talk to you both about it so let's start with Leah she is a emotional projector so while she is this very um, laser focused mental energy of the projector which is here to see life through the bigger picture of the system whatever that system is whether it's the system of oh, I run a startup or the system of astrology or the system of basket weaving. It could be anything. Um, She's really here to bring that emotional truth to light. So what she's here to be the master of and what she's here to illuminate and um, activate in other people is emotional awareness. Mm. And that's really the only activation she has in her chart. She's almost a reflector, honestly. But she's not. Um, uh-huh. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying with that is that she's very open. So she has just her solar plexus and her heart center defined, and they're directly connected with one channel of energy that we call the channel of community. And it's all about being um, an individual that's seeking a greater um, tribe to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's also an energy that we base a lot of our tribal bonds on. So marriage and family is all in this channel of community and the ways that we express love and community like sharing food sharing touch you know so these things are very important to her 
And her life is kind of like a pilgrimage of finding the right community that feels emotionally and mm. in an even like essential way that feels right to her, that tastes right to her, that smells right to her. Because this is also a tribal energy that has to do with the five senses and, and is heavily geared towards, you know, what is yuck and what is yum is more about those more primal senses than it is about, you know, the this and that that we might um, perceive on the mental level. So her overall inc incarnation cross is called the vessel of love. And that means her overarching life purpose is going to be to be this um, expression and carrier of the force of love in the world. Mm. And that can take obviously so many forms because love is this mystery that bonds us all together. And it's never just one thing. And what I'm seeing that is that in her G center, which is the center of gravity or Not the, the G center. Spot? Yeah, no, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, the G center is actually the center of gravity, which is right here in the sternum. And it's um, connected to an aspect called the magnetic monopole, which is like a magnet with one pole that pulls us in our um, destined direction in this life. And in this G center, while it's undefined, so it's open to external energies and it's open to fluctuations in the world, she has one, two, three, four, five, six activations. So she has a very strong sense of what love is, but that's going to take many different forms. And it's mm. going to be translated as her playing many different roles throughout her life experience. So it's important for Leah to understand that she's not... Um, here to just hold on to one role or one identity that she is going to be a chameleon throughout the mm. whole life process and it's just going to be all centered around different ways of expressing love in different situations and again love is that gravitational force that bonds us all together so your experience really is a mystery to to be watched you know mm. you really aren't here to micromanage or control in this life at all and it's really your emotions and that feeling um that feeling sense of ah this like this feels really good to me i'm i want to be here you know this is the right place for me that's what guides you and to really empower you in that process it's it's really to understand you're not here to be under pressure in making decisions because you have an open or undefined root center which is a pressure center that would, you know, give us that adrenaline to push us to get things going, to experience new things or to survive, essentially. And for you, being undefined in your root, you're not here to be um, influenced by external pressure. You're mm -hmm. only here to go off your emotional response to things. And that's an emotional response that takes time to download. So... There's no truth in the now for you, which is another really important thing to realize is mm. the right mm. things that come into your life, the right people that are going to recognize you for who you really are, not how you just make them feel. Um, it's going to take you time to discern that, you know, they're going to have to come back several times and be like, Hey, like, can we hang out yet? And you might just be like, no, I don't have the energy for that today. You know, I'm really not feeling it. And then as you give yourself that time and space to really become emotionally clear, you find yourself going to those right pursuits, those right relationships and those right communities for you that, that see who you are and they 
for who you are and they reward you for who you are because that's mm-hmm. a big aspect of your Jupiter placement in your chart is being, you know, um, the one that can do what no one else can in your group and being rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. So it's a really important, that's your Virgo Jupiter action. And that's something that really needs to be respected because Jupiter is going to bring you obviously all the gifts in life and it's going to expand you into the right realms of experience. And then finally, I I both just see a light. Yeah. Us. Okay. I'm like, was that an orb? <laughs> okay. It was a glitch in the matrix. Um, <laughs> so believe in. also you're a two, four profile. So our profile is composed of two numbers and it's kind of like the outer expression, the most accessible way that people first meet us with. Ooh. And it's two numbers because it corresponds to the conscious side, which is the first number, and then the unconscious side, which is the second number. So to be a 2-4 is to be a hermit opportunist. And there's no negative connotation in this. I know that opportunist sounds like it's, um, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. So on the conscious side, you're a hermit, which means you're a natural at something. You're not here to worry about finding out all the details and trying to get good at what everyone else is good at. It's really a lifetime where you're here to just dance with what feels natural and good for you Mm. and to just be able to cancel out all the noise and be like, no, I just like basket waving. Like, trust me, I'm going to make it big. I don't need any input. And just sticking to that, that one or two or three things that you really love. And when you do that, when you hermit away and you stick to your true organic process, that's you, you actually become more visible. And that's really the secret and the, you know, unexpected twist for hermits is, you know, there can be a long waiting period of getting that proper recognition or finding the right outlet to share your gifts. Mm -hmm. But when a hermit really dedicates themselves to the right thing for them, they then have the capacity to take all that momentum they've been building behind the scenes and just skyrocket and become Mm -hmm. huge. So um, like Adele, her great example of a hermit energy. She's just like, no, I like singing. And then she was just like posting her singing on MySpace and then boom, worldwide sensation. Yeah. So um, yeah, your, your, real, your big dichotomy as a projector. Oh wait, I didn't talk about the opportunist, sorry. So the second line on your conscious side is the hermit, the unconscious in you, your actual physical body is the opportunist. And this is the social networking archetype. So it's somebody who is great at making connections. Wait, this is crazy. I'm a Gemini cancer cusp and the cancer is like the hermit and the Gemini is the opportunist. That's wild. And the Gemini is the connector of the community too. Yeah. And it's so cool to see how like the multidimensional quality of all these systems, like we can find the same archetypes in completely Mm. different um, alignments. Mm. So the fourth line is really cool. I'm a fourth line on my conscious side. I'm a conscious opportunist. That's why I reached out for this. <laughs> yes, because um, I was going to be reaching out to you. I don't know if you knew that. I was already, you were already I written down to be reached out to. Yeah. Awesome. But you got, you swept the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's really just about letting things come to you through the network. So the, the thing that's um, said for opportunists is, uh, strangers are not for us. You know, we're not here to necessarily have to look for things outside of our web. And mm. so let's say we need like a great mechanic or 
a great body worker. You know, it's somebody that's already somebody that somebody that we know knows. You know, we want to just keep it in that fourth line network mm, of mm-hmm. opportunity. And that just keeps um, that just keeps dark forces out of our energy, basically, because the fourth line is a more uh, delicate energy. It doesn't have a natural connection to the foundational aspect. So its foundation is its people. And if it has crazy, weird or, you know, dark energy people in its in its realm, it's going to take on some of that energy. So in order to protect ourselves, we want to keep it in the family, so mm-hmm. to speak. And that's also great because you can see that your best opportunities in life are going to come through people you know. And that if it's not within that realm, you don't need to worry about it mm. because, you know, life will find a way to bring it to you in a way that is aligned for you. You just might have to wait longer. And that's fine for a projector because you're not here to do a lot. You know, as a, as a non-energy type, you do have this powerful emotional energy that's more about awareness, mm. but you're not somebody that has a lot of life force energy to expend and burn and dedicate to things. So what does that mean exactly a non-energy type? Right. So for instance, um, generators have this motor of the sacral energy that's always running they need to burn off their energy or they start to kind of lose it. So they have energy to burn. Manifestors have um, an energy center connected directly to their throat chakra. So they're always needing to get something out. These are considered the energy types. The non-energy types don't have this direct access to energy all the time. So they just don't do as much. And that's Mm -hmm. fine because it's not their job. And that's one of the best things about design is you can clearly see in your chart what's not your job, what you don't need to worry about mm. because anywhere we're open in our chart is where life is here to bring you that energy, uh-huh. not that you have to be it, become it, or go chase it. Mm. Makes so much sense. And Leah and I are both non-energy types. Yeah. So one last thing I want to talk about in Leah's chart because it also connects to Rachel's chart is that there's this aspect that's less discussed in um, – you know, pop human design, and it's called variable. And this is fascinating to me because it talks about how our brain, like our physical brain, the organ, our physical body, and then the cognition and the consciousness that is a, you know, by emergent property of that, how they all function in a left versus right binary. So is it left brain? Is it focused? Is it, you know, logical? Does it need that agenda and that plan? Or is it more right brain? Is it more receptive, feminine principle, um, creative, you know, just abstract? And both of you have quadruple, so the brain, the body, the cognition, so how the brain and the mind work together, and the awareness that arises out of that are all quadruple right, completely on the yin side. (laughs) So you two are really bringing in this future energy, whether you realize it or not, of how, where everyone's going. We're, we're becoming more receptive beings. Mm. We're becoming more unified with our environment and with each other and less caught up in our focused agenda-based orientation of what we need to accomplish, mm. by which you know time and date we need to do it, et cetera, et cetera. So both of you have not, not only non-energy types, you have a very receptive, very laid back, just way of moving through life, 
but it's extremely magnetic. And that's what's beautiful about this is when you know your proper strategy and authority as a very receptive individual, you can stop trying to force yourself mm. to be like the active principal mm-hmm. people and harness how you're uniquely aligned to receive opportunity and make it in the world and have abundance in your life in a way that doesn't ask you to be something that you're not. Mm. So that's a relief and a validation. And I totally mm-hmm. get that for both of us mm-hmm. with, yes. the, with the four quadruple, right? <laughs> yes, it's yeah. super beautiful. Mm. We actually just canceled a work meeting the other day because <laughs> I was, I was like moving towards my bleed and Leah was already on hers and it was like, the energy's not there. <laughs> Why are we going to force ourselves to do a productive meeting? Don't like, need to. And like, look at this business we created where we can, we can have a flow. Like we can literally so like perfect. basing it on our flow. <laughs> yes. It's that's really so perfect. right side. So yeah. yin. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And we try. And I was just magnetized to reach out to you as a, I mean, my brain and my body are left, left and my cognition and my awareness are right, right. So it wow. gave me and my busyness something to do. Oh, I, and that works for me. Mm. so everybody wins when we're all following our design honestly. that's a lot that's it. what it seems like thank you so much okay. that was very validating especially because right now I'm like learning and accepting that I am very emotional and growing up I was taught that that is bad vulnerability is weakness yeah. and we are an mm-hmm. east coast family we joke around <laughs> we like call each other names you know and I'm just a very sensitive person and I'm learning that that is actually my superpower. So thank you. Literally superpower. Yeah. And you have so much to show us about our emotional process when we recognize and invite you. And that actually empowers us to become more deeply connected to our spiritual essence because that's what the emotions are. It, it's where the spirit and the body meet, which is a kind of like a big gap to bridge because it's such a high energy coming into a more dense energy. So you have this capacity to, just by following your natural flow, role model the new way of doing life and finding our authority and finding our clarity in life, which we're going to need. It's literally the only way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me find these charts again. Where did my charts go? Okay, there. So, Rachel, let's dive into yours. Okay, thank you. Um, So you are a reflector. Now, this is the 1% um, unicorns of the world. And And I have been a unicorn. (laughs) In a past life? No, in this one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and that's good. Good. Yeah, stay with that. Thank you. I like it. The reflector has nine open centers so every single center in our body graph you have either undefined which means you have a little bit of activation in it but it's not connected to anything else or completely wide open which means just like a wide open window to incoming energy so you have these nine windows to life that are clearly transparent and this gives you the capacity to have that really powerful witness um, perspective and the objectivity factor, which we need very badly as human beings because we get so subjected into our fear-based mental narratives, into our insecurity, into all these things that we've been conditioned into believing are necessary for 
survival. And you can be the one that kind of stands outside of that whole game and is like able to point out these bigger and smaller patterns that either are working really well and more people should put their attention on Mm -hmm. or the things that are not serving us. So you're that beautiful, just reflective energy. And just like, you know, the sun, most people are solar beings. They get most of their imprint in their human design from the sun. You are a lunar being. So your biggest relationship in terms of astrology and the planetary bodies is the moon itself. And your unique decision-making strategy is to wait 28 days at least, wait a lunar cycle, wait for the moon to go through all of the gates of the zodiac before committing your energy or your life force to something. So what that keeps you, what that protects you from is jumping into things that don't suit you, that don't actually fit for you. Because as a reflector, you're constantly embodying the transits. And if the transits, for instance, are making you a manifester for two weeks and then something pops into your life that is asking you to be a manifester all the time and you get locked into that, you know, two weeks later, they're going to be like, wait, this is not the person we hired. Like, where is that energy? And there's, there can be a lot of disappointment as a not self theme for reflectors. Yeah. So when they can really people or things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, things just not working out and things not um, actualizing as what they seemed, perhaps. I mean, you would know better. So, because you're a reflector. (laughs) So, waiting that lunar cycle at least. And I think like the power move for a reflector for the bigger life decisions is wait many lunar cycles. Like, gather as much data as you can with no investment in the outcome makes you the power player on the quantum level because you're really it's data you're gathering all this information from these different perspectives okay today i'm a mental projector tomorrow i'm an emotional projector then i become a manifesting generator and i get to see life and play all these different at least perspectives you're not necessarily becoming all these things fully um, unless it's correct for you who knows but in that sense giving yourself more time more lunar cycles you become like this omni um, omni awareness that allows you to really see really deeply, not just into the surface layer of life, but the deeper mechanics of life itself. Mm-hmm. So that allows you to become somebody that can illuminate and reflect these deeper life principles that most people are, again, too subjective to see this bigger picture. And you're the one that's out there, kind of like the moon is like looking down on earth seeing that bigger picture and able to bring this unique wisdom back to us. So in that same sense, when people meet you, they're going to meet a reflection of themselves. Yeah. And that's something for you to remember is <laughs> they you know, like it. <laughs> right? yeah, a lot of people will just like fall in love with you because they're meeting, you know, Themself. their first impression. <laughs> yeah. And that's another really fun game for you to play with, with life because you not only have the capacity to play along with that fun, you know, first impression game, but you, you also have the awareness behind that that allows you to really see what the, their motivations are, what they think of themselves. And that, again, <laughs> literally gives you hear this, what like, people think of themselves. 
yeah. like when I meet them, I hear it and yeah. what they're feeling. It's insane. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, uh-huh. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you're saying words that don't match what you really mean and what you feel. Yeah. So, and that's another thing that you can help us with yeah. in general is, is seeing where, you know, for instance, our, our design or our unconscious self isn't in alignment with our mental self. And that's really the dissonance that we're mending on a planetary level right now is really coming into harmony with both aspects of who we are. And you can be the one that helps us um, bridge that. Mm. So you are also a two, four hermit opportunist. So yeah. You were saying Leah's. Yep. So we're the same on that. That's cool. Yeah. You're both quadruple, right? Two, four. We both. And a lot of times in our own rooms doing (laughs) creative projects, like, and we love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're both that hermit opportunists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the second line in you, yeah, just loves to do its own thing. Um, and be kind of freed up from any external pressure to have to be anything else. We kind of already covered that aspect, but you know, the more, more of a dance life can be, the more awesome stuff is going to find you. And then obviously we have that fourth line again, making you a great networker. And in the unique activations that I'm seeing, because your your incarnation cross is called the four ways. And the four ways is really about, you know, the four gates that make up the four ways incarnation cross are the last gates in their quarter. So when we have that um, greater wheel of the zodiac, broken up into 12 signs. In human design, we also break it up into four quarters. The quarter of initiation, the quarter of mutation, the quarter of civilization, and the quarter of, I can't remember right now, but um, it's four quarters and they all have different themes, obviously. So your gates are the last gate in each quarter. It means that you're really here to close things out. Mm, And the four ways are... And as a reflector too, which to me is kind of like the most Piscean of the types in a way, because it's kind of like this complete, um, almost impersonal experience of, of life. You, you have this ability to close out cycles, to close out cycles for your family line, for other people. And you kind of are moved through life as this punctuation mark in other people's process. She's the last child of eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that energy and that's not the only thing that it's going to, you know, embody, but that is definitely one of the aspects of these qualities. A lot of the other stuff has to do with uh, the voice of leadership based on what we learned from the past, being able to be very sensitive on an emotional level to others' needs and also to how spirit is transforming our emotions on a collective level. Um, and you also have this really strong connection to past life connections, actually. Oh. And um, basically, with the second line as your, as your personality um, side profile, you have this very specific bandwidth of people that you're here to meet in this life and close something out with. It's just an intuitive read on what I'm getting. So it's almost like, you know it in your bones or there's something about their scent. It's again, a very primal recognition of people. 
um, that you come across with that are on your fractal and that are here to close out maybe a karmic cycle or maybe even begin a new one in a, in a positive sense. So it's um, resonating. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, So yeah. yeah. When you said the part about um, almost an impersonal like journey here, I was like, yes, because since I basically had consciousness, I've literally looked to the sky and been like, I didn't ask to be here. (laughs) And how does a kid come up with that? Like, and it's like, I felt like, and now I've embraced it and I I feel um, my purpose and I'm excited about helping people close things out and like be reborn. Um, but for a long time, it was just like, oh, this is so hard. And all I see is, is everyone's potential. And I'm so disappointed in them. Mm. And it's like, that's a reflector. Mm. It's like, that's what you said about disappointment too, right? Like, it's just, it's very validating because right. I feel like I see the truth. And then I do try to explain it or say, or say it or share it. And um, I'm frustrated that I can't quickly correct the truth to, to what I see as the potential that could be the truth. Like this beautiful world we could be living in. Right. Um, right. But I'm learning to um, focus smaller and do like one-on-one coaching and like things where I can see the effective change. And it's really helping my um, not being disappointed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know from personal experience that, you know, a certain level of awareness in this life can be somewhat painful because you're seeing things that a lot of people just don't see. And to be quite honest, probably won't see, unfortunately. And there's a, yeah, there's like a deep level of acceptance that needs to come in, um, before we can find that sense of freedom and just accepting our limitations. And that's one of the other beautiful aspects of knowing your design is you're like, okay, this is what I am. I'll never be this other thing. Yeah. And, and I just have to, you know, go through the grieving process perhaps, and then fully just let myself embody my limitation. And when I can do that, I'm literally living the true definition of what freedom is to be in a human body. You know? mm because we're not everything and our mind has told us our whole life we can be everything and that we should be more. And that's the biggest occupy movement that we can do is just to reoccupy our true limitation and just be okay with it. And then from there, the miracle of the greater mind and the greater entity of the planet and humanity can do its thing in ways that are far out of, like totally out of our control. And we just begin to enjoy the movie, enjoy the ride and release resistance. And it's just such a relief. Yes. That's, yes. I, I feel like, I mean, I feel relieved <laughs> learning about human design. Mm-hmm. Really relieved. And it just gets better and better, you know, because the more we get to practice our strategy and watch mm-hmm. how we get to relax from the expectation and the pressure, mm-hmm. um, you know, that just becomes a beautiful empowerment in the lead, in the most like chill way. So mm-hmm. I love that human design does equip you with a strategy. I've been employing waiting, waiting at least a moon. 
on some big things lately. Um, mm-hmm. And they're feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I love that each, each person can have a strategy mm. that's going to be yeah. slightly different from everyone else. Totally. Oh, thank you for sharing your gifts so everyone could hear. Yes, thank you. Um, My pleasure. Thank you and for having me. if listeners want to get a reading with you or any services from you, where do they find you? Uh, best way to find me is my Instagram, which is dylan.earth, you know, at dylan.earth. And I have a link tree. You can find readings to book there. You can find my website where I advertise my like coaching side of things. I am launching a group coaching mastermind on the new moon in Virgo on the 16th of September in case anyone has been thinking about something like that. Enrollment is still open. And yeah, just send me a message. I like talking to people. I'm a fourth line, so I'm all about making connections and I'm happy to answer questions and share resources. And obviously I love doing readings. So hit me up. I love it. Well, you're very talented at it. Um, and in closing a basic blessing from each of us, this is something we're grateful for today, right now, any of us can start. I am grateful for the serendipity of finding like-minded and like-hearted souls that I can have these beautiful connecting conversations with. I'm grateful for other people reflecting to me. So thank you for today reflecting something back to me that helped me feel relief. Mm. I'm grateful for Sarah Posh and her ex-boyfriend for talking to you randomly in a cafe. (laughs) Yes, yes. He was a Gemini too. Yes. I knew there was something there I liked. That's so funny. I love it. Thank you so much, Dylan Earth. Yes, this has been so lovely. Thank you for doing this and all the best and love to your amazing platform. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches.